Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 if you want to join in. But before we get to anything else, y'all, I cannot let this injustice stand anymore. I'm tired, and I'm tired of not fighting. We have too much pollen. And I know we have too much pollen because for the first time that I can remember, I'm starting to have allergy problems. I've been very resistant to the pollen issues of South Louisiana for a long time. But apparently my body has taken a vote and has decided that they're not going to tolerate what's out there anymore. And so now I'm on day three of a recurring headache. I'm sniffling a little bit for the first time since I had covid and and I, I'm starting to feel some of those symptoms that you can kind of say are like a, a, a sinus infection or anything, but it's nothing like that. And I know it's not because I took some allergy medicine as a precaution on day two, and I could actually feel myself getting better. The symptoms were easing. So I know I'm not sick. I'm just suffering from allergies. This is unacceptable. And I have a solution. Some of y'all won't like it, but I have a solution. We should cut down all the trees. Because that's where the pollen's coming from. The cedar and the pine and the oak. We can take the oak, let it dry, let it season, and then we can have a big regional barbecue. Because, po because oak wood is tremendous for barbecue. But we need to get rid of the trees. It is the year of our Lord, 2022. I was promised growing up that the future, the future that we now live in, we would be living in domes and have flying cars. And I can live without flying cars because I've seen people driving and I'm terrified of what would happen in the skies above us. But not living in domes and getting rid of the pollen problem is unacceptable. We should be doing better. 232-1542, if you want to call in. We broke a record over the weekend, everybody. In record time, the White House had to come out and correct and walk back something Joe Biden said. And it wasn't just something innocuous. Like the time that he claimed that he was getting tested for COVID every day and just had a slight cough that a grandkid gave him. The White House had to come back and say, well, he had only been tested about three times that week. And it's because he had COVID-like symptoms. No, no. They had to walk back Joe Biden calling for regime change in Russia. In minutes, he's giving a speech and he says, for God's sake, this man cannot be in power anymore. And the media fell in love with the line. Oh, it was, it, it's his Ronald Reagan moment. It's, it's his tear down the wall moment. Reporters were loving it on social media. They were tweeting it. Oh my God, this is his moment. This is his defining moment as a president. Only for the White House to come back minutes later and say, no, 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 he's not calling for regime change. He's not calling for regime change. He's just, you, you just gotta, you, you can't literally. He's just saying that Russia's exerting too much power. It's abusing its power over the region. That is the fast, including Trump. And there were some times they had to walk Trump back. This is the fastest that a White House has had to turn around and say, no, 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 that's not what he meant to anything that he said.
And how could we not not take it seriously? He said the man cannot remain in power. He said Vladimir Putin could not remain or should not remain in power in Russia. If an administration wants to make Putin's reign in Russia its goal, it's got to act like it. That's not what the Biden administration does. It's almost like Biden is trying to overcorrect from the beginning of the Ukraine conflict. He's trying to overcorrect because, remember, he said, I'm the guy in this race who can go toe-to-toe with Vladimir Putin. And then Putin made an aggressive play against Ukraine, a very unjust, aggressive play in Ukraine. And you know what happened? Biden did nothing. He waited for Europe to take the lead, which admittedly, probably ultimately for the better that Europe takes the lead because it's right on their doorstep. But Biden swore that Putin would not get away with the stuff that he does if he's president. And in the face of Putin egregiously acting out, Biden did nothing. So now he's overcorrecting and he really and truly, I think, believes because this wasn't a prepared statement. He ad libbed that line in. He really and truly believes that Vladimir Putin should not be in control of Russia. It's not just some strategic misstep. This has real consequences. It was a very dangerous line. Admittedly, possibly not a wrong line, but it was a dangerous line because now you know what happens? Putin, being given essentially this ultimatum, this is how Moscow is going to portray it, essentially being given an ultimatum by the U.S., by the West, he's now going to seek the complete and total destruction of everything that he sees in order to achieve his goals. The damage is done. Putin can't walk away now. Ukraine is now saying, okay, we're, we're ready to talk about neutrality now. But y'all, the Ukrainian negotiators for peace and a Russian oligarch that opposed uh, Putin's war have all been poisoned. They're now sick and everybody's saying it's poison. News wires are saying it looks like poison. The West believes that they have been poisoned. Putin can't walk away from this now. It's going to get worse. But it's not like this is some new problem for the White House either. They've had to walk back his statements. They had to walk back his statement that the United States wasn't going to pay money to immigrant families separated at the border. They walked back in and said, well, we'll settle out of court. They walked back that claim that I mentioned earlier where he said he got tested for COVID every day all because he had a cough. They walked that one back. Jen Psaki had to come out and clarify what Biden meant when he said that he would vow to protect Taiwan. It's just over and over and over again. Biden spent the majority of the 2020 election in a basement giving recorded statements. How dangerous is it for America that its leader can't be trusted to speak off script without causing an international incident? 
everything, instead of Trump, uh, instead of Biden appearing in front of the press and answering their questions, everything will now be even more filtered through Saki in the White House. And Biden's going to slip further and further back into that basement. To the point where I'm not even sure we, we might see Biden again if this keeps up. This is the president of the United States who said during a press event, I'm supposed to stop and walk out of the room and then turn and did just that. He was coached that he had to turn and walk out of the room after he was done with the speech. And he said that part out loud. He cannot be trusted. And the White House wants you to know that you don't believe everything Biden says. We'll tell you what he means. In this case, don't believe your lying ears. 232-1542 if you want to join in. When we come back, more on what's going on around the world, including the Ukraine conflict. That and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. You know, it wasn't just a call for a regime change that had to be walked back over the weekend. Biden said that U.S. troops were being sent to Ukraine. That's kind of been glossed over in the uh, he cannot be allowed to remain in power statement. You know what else he said? The president was asked what his response would be if Russia used chemical weapons in Ukraine. His response, and this is a direct quote, the United States would respond in kind. The White House had to walk back that statement and clarify that the president did not mean we would use chemical weapons in Ukraine or against Russia. In fact, at, an, at a press event today, he was asked by a reporter and Biden doubled down on the statement. Uh, Josh Rogan at the Washington Post and CNN. I'm not walking anything back. I want to make it clear. I was not then and I am now and I'm not now articulating a policy change. It's more of an aspiration than anything. He shouldn't be in power. And Biden's absolutely right. Putin should not be in power. But the White House had to go and within minutes, y'all, this happened so incredibly fast on social media, watching it in real time. You hear that Joe Biden said he cannot be allowed to remain in power and you go check social media and reporters, everybody with a blue check next to their name, they're just gushing over it. And seriously, it was his Gorbachev's tear down this wall moment. That's what they all said. That was his Reagan moment, his 1989 moment. 88, 89, whichever. It was, that was his moment. And within minutes of him saying that, and within minutes of reporters coming out and praising it, the White House walked it back. No, 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 that's, that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. It wasn't in the prepared statement. It was a completely ad-libbed line. And Biden's standing by the line. He's not standing by the heart of the message, but he's standing by the line. It's insane. It is insane. Imagine if Trump had said something like, now critics would say, well, he would never say anything like that about Putin, but just imagine he did. Just imagine that Trump called for the leader of some nation to, to be removed from power, some hostile nation, they, that he would call for a regime change there and the White House would have to walk it back and say Trump did not mean, President Trump did not mean that we, he's seeking an active uh, regime change in a foreign power. 
the media would be all over say, oh, uh, discord in the White House. There's a you know, the, Trump is is speaking out of turn, and they they would be trashing Trump over this. But they were quick to go with the White House line to issue the correction, everything. You know, oh, he just misspoke. Biden is allowed that grace. He's allowed that screw up here in the in the in the domestic press. But in the foreign press, you can already see it. Western leaders are very concerned with what he said. And Moscow is obviously feeling threatened. They don't like what Biden said, and it will be used as a rallying cry in Russia. It will help unite Russian workers. It will it will help folks uh, in Russia, it will help get them in line. Those that support Putin, now, now there's a chance. But while all this is going on, the White House is also throwing out there, domestically, that they want a trillion dollar tax increase. They want to raise a trillion dollars in taxes. Do you know why they're throwing this out there? It's not an actual policy they want to get across the line. They know that their budget won't pass with a trillion dollar tax increase. The Biden administration is throwing a trillion dollar tax increase out there. And this, what they call billionaire tax, where if you have, if your net worth is more than 100 million or something like that, they're going to tax you very heavily. They're going to increase your tax rate. That isn't something they're doing because that's an actual policy they're trying to get passed through. The Biden administration is throwing that out there because Democrats look like they're staying home in November. Seven in 10 Americans, according to NBC's poll, which was talked about this weekend, uh, uh, Chuck Todd was talking about on, on uh, Meet the Press this weekend. Seven in 10 Americans are disheartened. They disapprove of a lot of what Joe Biden's doing. The majority of respondents in that poll believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. 70%, near 70% expressed low confidence in his ability to handle Russia. His job, his job approval rating has hit a fresh new low. And Republicans lead by two points when asked who should control Congress. Back in 2010, when there was a massive wave across the country in elections, at this point in the election cycle, Republicans weren't ahead. Republicans were behind until right before the midterms in 2010. And there was a huge wave year for Republicans. Now, in 2022, it's a huge wave year for Republicans, it's looking like, and they're already ahead in the generic ballot. That is bloodbath level wave. And Biden's out here throwing out red meat for Democratic voters. He's not even trying to get any Republicans to cross over. He's not trying to get moderates to, cross, to come back. He's throwing out red meat for progressives because now the Biden administration and Democrats are terrified that their base isn't even going to show up in November. All because back in August and September, the Biden administration decided to pull troops out of Afghanistan. And it was a horrible, horrible screw up. It shattered any and all confidence most Americans had that the administration was competent.
yeah, Biden talks funny sometimes. And yeah, he says like the wrong thing and he, he has a stutter and he makes these misstatements. And he says he's weird out of out of place things and he sounds like an old guy who's slipping. But at least the administration was nice and there were no mean, tr- mean tweets. But then Afghanistan happened and it showed that they really didn't have a handle on things. And ever since then, Biden's numbers have been tanking. There's been no bounce. Most presidents see a bounce in the polling after the State of, U- State of the Union address. He saw for maybe five seconds a bounce and then went right back to being negative. Because everything they have touched has died. The economy's dying. Confidence in our ability to handle situations abroad is dying. And now, now there's some talk about a recession. We're getting very close to the signals that a recession is on the way. And all of this is happening and Biden's throwing out, hey, we need a trillion dollars in new taxes. What in God's name? What economic sense does that make? It doesn't. It makes no economic sense. You don't raise taxes when you're looking at a recession, when you're looking at inflation being this high. You don't do it when the economy is in a downturn. Because people stop spending their money when taxes go up. Not only is inflation costing us more, not only are gas prices costing us more, not only are groceries costing us more, but now you want more taxes, people stop spending money. They start sitting on their money. And then the economy isn't stimulated at all. And things get worse and worse and worse. But that's what they're doing. It's a red meat ploy. It has no actual policy basis because their voters aren't going to show up. I know we've got callers on the line, 232-1542. If you want to join in, we will be right back after this bottom of the hour news break here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in. You can also find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham there, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. You can also email me, Joe at redstate.com if you have any comments or questions. So I mentioned in the last segment uh, that we, we are seeing signs of recession. One of the big ones that economists are all worried about right now uh, is the yield curve. And this is actually a, a pretty significant sign where, uh, where the economy is concerned. Now, if, if, you, if you're not sure what the yield curve is, it's basically, let me pull up the right story to make sure I explain this properly. It's when the uh, it's based on treasury bonds. So when you're seeing the yield curve, what what these bonds yield, the long term yield is less than the short term yield. That's what's called inverted yield curve. And economists are seeing this right now. And then they want to be sure to point out that every time we've seen this. Every time we've seen this yield curve, it's led to a recession. And that's mostly correct. That's mostly correct. Back in 2016, uh, Deutsche Bank said they saw the signs of a yield curve and that within 12 months there would be another recession. That didn't pan out. But we were right there at the cusp of it or something like that. But you know what happened after that? Donald Trump beat Barack Obama and the economy almost immediately bounced. The stock market loved the fact that Obama was not in office anymore. 
And Trump's uh, executive actions immediately unrestraining a lot of the regulation, a lot of the regulations that were on businesses helped the economy come roaring back. It came roaring back so much that economists were looking for any and every reason to say, to, to point out that the economy was about to collapse again. There was no way that the economy would ride that high forever. But now we've got signs of an inverted yield curve again. And the yield curve is, it, basically, if you start shouting about a yield curve every time, you're going to see recessions more often than not. Um, but right now, it's not just the yield curve. We have an inflation issue. We have, uh, we have interest rates, interest rates now being hiked. That's actually a sure sign. When you have to start hiking the interest rate, that typically leads to a recession more often than not. So now you've got a bunch of signs in there that even though the interest rate hike will actually help stave off the inflation problems, it will itself create another recession. That's what's the, that's going to be the problem for our economy going on. And all of this is coming up at a time when the Biden administration really needs good economic news, and there's just none there. So keep an eye out because we are seeing signs of a recession on the horizon. 232-1542 if you want to call in. Calling us now on the line, we've got Pam. Pam, how are you today? Hi. What you got? I just wanted to ask y'all, what backs the U.S. dollar? Nothing right now. That would be petroleum. What backs Russia's dollar? Mm-hmm. That would be gold. What backs China's dollar? Gold. What backs Saudi Arabia's dollar? Gold. There's 7 billion people on the planet. Looks like we just got left behind. All right. Thank you very much for the call. I think we're bankrupt. I mean, it's, it's not looking good if you're having to raise a trillion dollars in oh, taxes no, to try to reduce it. it's not looking good at all. Not at all. You got that. Yeah. Well, Pam, thank you very much for the call. Thank you for uh, listening and calling in, 232-1542, if you want to join in. But yeah, we are, we're facing some problems. Again, the Biden administration says they're on track to decrease the deficit by a trillion dollars this year, and they want to raise a trillion dollars in taxes. Economically, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. There is nothing in that plan that makes sense. But you know what? It's going to be good red meat for the progressives. Because as we all know, the progressives have been the beacon that's led all the voters home. It's not like moderates are running away from the ultra-progressives in the party. It's not like even... You know, some Democrats have run away from it. It's not like there isn't any common ground between the progressives and the... Oh, wait, no, there's not. Not when it comes to that. The progressives getting their way time and again has chased voters away. You're losing Republicans. You're losing moderates. You're losing some Democrats. You're losing Hispanics. You're losing African Americans. You're losing women. I think the only demographic group that Biden made gains in in the Democratic Party was white men, white educated men. 
and it was enough to offset some of the losses in other demographics. But at this point, again, NBC's own poll, and the, the thing about NBC's poll that you have to understand is that they offer the historical record on their poll. You can go back and look at the numbers from 2010. And that was a huge wave year for the Republicans. And the Republicans at this point in 2010 were still way behind the Democrats. There was no sign of a wave year then. The the Republicans weren't two points ahead on the generic ballot at this point in 2010. It wasn't until right before the midterms of 2010 that Republicans took the lead in any of the polling. The Democrats are on the verge of an absolute collapse. They almost collapsed entirely by the time Barack Obama left office. Their state just nationally, the Democrats had no bench. They had to rebuild from the local levels on up. And in, in some areas, they did. But then Joe Biden was the best that they could throw out there for the presidential election. They had to go back to a vice president from two administrations ago to try to get something going. Try to bring that nostalgic time period when Democrats were in power briefly. They got it, but Biden's proven himself to be completely incompetent as a leader. Completely incompetent at hiring people who can do a good job. Absolutely swing, you know, absolute swing and a miss when it comes to vice presidents. Everything the Biden administration has done has basically been wrong. And so you're at this point now where you're on the verge of a recession after being stuck in what is clearly not transitory inflation. And you have spiking prices across the board in gas and energy in um, in uh, basic grocery needs. All of this price going up, 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 up. Wages are increasing, but it's, but it's being outpaced by inflation. There's no good news for the Democrats, and the Biden administration is doing nothing to help. Uh, we're on the verge of a recession. We are looking at a terrible economy. Let's raise taxes on everybody. Brilliant. That's the way to do it. Let's raise taxes at a time when people already can't afford things. The problem is that you can say you're raising taxes on the rich, and that sounds mighty nice. But think about what happens. If you start raising taxes on the rich, and you start raising taxes on corporations and businesses... You're raising the taxes on everybody. If you're raising taxes at the top at an obscene amount, there is no reinvestment money left. There is no money that does, that trickles back down. Yes, trickle down does actually work. Don't believe me? Look at the economy under the Trump years. Trump didn't do anything special but get government out of the way. And it worked. Record low minority unemployment, record low unemployment in general, certainly way down from the Obama years. Wages were going up, employment was going up. Everything looked pretty solid. But the Biden administration has absolutely killed it. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, Clay Higgins is upset with the legislature. Why? 
We'll talk about that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in. Y'all, I know that wars on nouns don't work in American history. War on crime, war on drugs, war on terror. Anytime we've declared war on nouns in this country, it's never quite gone the way it's supposed to. But I really do think it's time for a war on pollen. I really do. We've suffered under its tyranny long enough. There's there's no reason that I should walk out to my car and this normally charcoal, dark charcoal gray vehicle is several shades lighter because there is a thick film of pollen on it. From just today, it's unacceptable. We should do better. I'm all for climate change. If we get, if we had a longer winter because of a sudden climate change and that means less pollen, I'm for it. I'd like winter more anyway. Although I do like, just give me a brief little bit of summer to go to the beach or whatever. But this is, this is obscene, the amount of pollen that's out there right now. 232-1542 if you want to call in and join in the conversation. Clay Higgins, Representative Clay Higgins, is upset with the congressional map that passed the House in the Senate and uh, the Louisiana House and Senate and was vetoed by John Bell Edwards, not because it didn't have a second majority minority district like Edwards wanted, but because it it, it cut part of his district. It, it, it drew some weird lines through his district. Uh, the Sheck Snyder map details are troubling enough, unnecessarily dividing St. Mary and St. Martin parishes in ways that directly contradict the will of those citizens, my constituents, Higgins said. Beyond the details of the Sheck Snyder map, tragically, the map itself was born of unrighteous, deceitful backroom negotiations in Baton Rouge. The legislature will go into a special session on Wednesday to decide whether or not to override the governor. So once again, for only the second time in Louisiana history, we're looking at a veto override session. They essentially have to press the pause button on the current regular session, go into this veto override session, try to pick up the votes to override the governor. Higgins does not like the Sheck Snyder map. Now, part of the problem is Sheck Snyder. Sharon Hewen's map was actually a pretty good map. It didn't do what Sheck Snyder is complaining of right now. But Sheck Snyder at the last minute decided he wanted his map to go through, forced to vote on that and forced that one through, and it's just led to consternation in the Republican Party because the Louisiana Republican Party sucks when it comes to party unity and finding good leadership, apparently. Sheck Snyder has done an awful job, and this is just, once again, another example. Anyone, any, I'm, I'm willing to bet any other Republican could have been stronger. And yes, I know that I can, I can feel the will of Moon Graffon wanting to disagree with me on that. But it's true. I, at this point, I'm pretty confident that any other Republican in the legislature could have been a stronger leader than Sheck Snyder. But he is all over the place in terms of when and where he wants to exert his power. He's frankly not spearheading any really good conservative issues, and he's not giving the conservatives that spearhead good issues any room to breathe. And this map thing is just another one. Sharon Hewitt's map was fine. By Republican and conservative standards, the map was fine. 
but he decided to put his own map, push it through, divides a couple parishes, upsets Higgins. I think others in the congressional delegation are also not too happy, um, if what I'm hearing is correct. Uh, I, I want to say that uh, Mike Johnson and Steve Scalise aren't very happy either. Maybe some of the others. Um, Sheck Snyder wanted his own bill to go through. The thing about it is, let's say they override the governor's veto. Let's say they do that. It becomes the official map for the congressional delegation from Louisiana. It's going to go to court. And it will be a battle until it hits the Fifth Circuit. And the Fifth Circuit's not going to allow a racially gerrymandered map. They won't. What's going to happen is that it'll eventually get up to the Supreme Court. Well, you know what happens when it gets to that point? It will be so close to the November election. If it gets in before the November election, the Supreme Court is going to defer and say, no, no, no we're, we're going to let this stay for right now. We'll get to it later. And then you've got a whole two other two more years before you get to that point, at which point the legislature essentially puts it off until Edwards is out and they can get a Republican in as governor. And then they come up with a map that a Republican governor will sign off on, and that's it. And then it'll go back through the courts again. But then you have two more congressional election cycles where you get the maps that Republicans want anyway. So, uh, five to one in terms of Republican to Democrat districts. The Democrats just really want another district of their own right now because the House, the U.S. House needs as many reinforcements as it can get because they are on the verge of collapse and they need to keep as many Democrats in power or get as many new ones in there as possible. But because of poor leadership from Clay Schechtsnyder, now we're having inter-party fighting because our congressmen aren't happy with the map that Sheck Snyder decided to push through rather than going with the map that came out of the Senate, Sharon Hewitt's bill. And you know what? The Republican leadership under Sheck Snyder, guys like Blake Miguez, they have no reason to pull Sheck Snyder's feet out of the fire on this one. Republican leadership in the House and the Senate, they have no obligation to help the incompetent leadership that's there, they have no obligation to help them out. Let them flounder a bit. Let this congressional district fight play out because it's going to be too close to the election. It's going to be too close to the election for them to force any change in the maps when we get there. Let's say they don't override the veto, then it goes to the courts. And you know what happens in the courts? A long, drawn-out fight. You think they have time? Probably not. They don't have a whole lot of time at all. And that's a major problem. And the Democrats have too many problems on their hands nationally already to be worried about one congressional seat out of Louisiana. They're not going to pick up this fight too hard. They're going to focus on states that are a little more purple. But that's where we are. Here in Louisiana, that's where we are. Where you, you can look nationally and see this massive wave building. All the national stuff picking up, and you can see a massive wave building. And the Republican Party here in the state can't help but get in its own way. My God, we really need better leaders in this state, don't we? Not just at the gubernatorial level, but in our own legislative chambers. 
We need more solid leadership. It's insane how bad leadership is at those levels. And that's going to do it for me today. 23 hours until I'm back. Hopefully getting some support for my war on pollen. In the meantime, follow me on uh, Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And of course, if you missed any portion of the show or any past episodes, you can check them out in podcast form, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it. And I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.